0: You're listening to the Christian Post Daily Podcast. Today is Tuesday, November 28th. Prominent evangelical leaders have issued a powerful statement calling for decisive action against anti-Semitism and in support of Israel following the devastating attacks by Hamas on October 7th. The group, comprising various faith traditions, unifies to condemn the barbarity and terror labeling the massacre as the most severe attack on the Jewish people since the Holocaust. They urge Congress to act promptly by funding Israel's defense, enacting laws against anti-Semitism, and implementing strict measures against hate crimes in the U.S. The letter also advocates for sustained sanctions on Iran and backing Israel's defense against Hamas and similar Islamic terrorist groups. The Evangelical Leader's letter highlights the surge of anti-Semitic protests globally calling for a collective and vocal response against such hatred. Signatories, including notable figures like Ralph E. Reed, James Dobson, and others, emphasize the urgent need for the U.S. government and Congress to stand firmly against anti-Semitism and support Israel's right to self-defense. Meanwhile, Israel and Hamas have agreed to a two-day extension of their truce, with plans to exchange Israeli hostages and Palestinian prisoners. The initial four-day truce witnessed the exchange of hostages alongside the entry of humanitarian aid in Gaza. Notably, one of the released Palestinians was Isra Jabis, jailed since 2015 for attempted murder. The truce's extension is a critical step towards alleviating the intense conflict that has affected thousands of civilians in the region. Also, a young American-Israeli girl, Abigail Idan, was among 17 hostages released during the ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. Abigail, just four years old, had been kidnapped by Hamas on October 7th and tragically lost her parents to terrorist violence on the same day. President Joe Biden, speaking from Nantucket, Massachusetts, acknowledged this first successful liberation of an American hostage since the ceasefire's onset. Alongside Abigail, 16 others were freed, including 13 Israelis and three foreign nationals. Biden emphasized the importance of extending the ceasefire to secure more releases and increase aid to Gaza, while acknowledging the delicate nature of negotiations. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu's office reported that the Israeli hostages included children and an elderly individual. Israel is set to release 39 Palestinian prisoners as part of the ceasefire deal, which has also involved the U.S., Qatar, and Egypt in mediation efforts. In a recent paper by the Canadian Human Rights Commission, the celebration of Christmas and Easter as statutory holidays in Canada has been labeled as a form of religious intolerance and quote, systemic religious discrimination. The report, part of a discussion paper on religious intolerance published last month, links this to Canada's colonial history and its impact on religious minorities. The CHRC points out that these Christian holidays necessitate special accommodations for non-Christians to observe their own holy days. The report also delves into Canada's past, particularly the forced conversion to Christianity of Indigenous children in government-funded boarding schools, describing it as an example of historical religious intolerance. Additionally, the paper discusses other forms of religious intolerance tolerance in Canada, including attacks on religious symbols like hijabs, turbans, and kippahs, and recommends that Canadians broaden their understanding of diverse religious days beyond just Christmas and Easter. The paper concludes by urging Canadians to recognize and address the ongoing issue of religious intolerance to foster a more inclusive society. This report comes amidst debates over Canada's anti-conversion therapy law, which condemns traditional biblical views on human sexuality. In Green Bay, Wisconsin, a Christmas tree displayed by the Satanic Temple at the National Railroad Museum has sparked controversy, drawing criticism from Representative Mike Gallagher. He expressed strong disapproval on Fox News, comparing it to waving a Hamas flag inside of a synagogue and calling it offensive to Christians. The tree, adorned with red lights and pentagrams, is part of 66 trees displayed at the museum which also includes a tree by the Bay Area Council on Gender Diversity featuring trans flags. Museum CEO Jacqueline Frank emphasized their inclusive stance, stating they don't discriminate based on religious groups. Gallagher, challenging the museum's claim of the display being educational, voiced reluctance to bring his children there and criticized the local reporting as insufficient. He also addressed wider concerns about cultural battles, lamenting the encroachment of what he sees as woke ideology into traditional settings. The Satanic Temple has previously faced similar backlashes for its holiday displays in illinois including a snake statue and a depiction of baby baphomet in the bastar region of Chhattisgarh, india there's growing concern as christians are repeatedly denied permission to bury their deceased local christian leader pulsing kaklam reports at least five incidents since early November where burials were obstructed. One case involves Sukram, a tribal Christian, whose burial was contested by locals, leading to official intervention and burial in a different town without his family's presence. These incidents reflect a disturbing pattern of religious intolerance. Christians who traditionally bury their dead face pressure to renounce their faith for burial rights. Kaklam's memorandum to the district collector highlights these issues requesting intervention against those disrupting social harmony. The situation echoes last year's violence in Nariya, and Konagan districts, where Christians face harassment and forced evictions, as described by Reverend Vijayash of the Evangelical Fellowship of India. With the approach of Christmas, there's apprehension about potential repeat violence, underscoring the need for proactive government measures to protect religious freedoms. The Jesus Film Project, part of Campus Crusade for Christ International, announced the release of the 2,100th foreign language translation of the 1979 movie, Jesus. This latest translation is in the Warani language, spoken by an indigenous tribe in the Amazonian region of Ecuador. The executive director of the Jesus Film Project, Josh Newell, emphasized the project's mission to reach people worldwide by translating the film into various heart languages. The Warani, formerly known as the Alca, are notably remembered for the killing of five American missionaries in 1956. Newell highlighted the transformative potential of this initiative, especially given the tribe's tumultuous history with Christianity. The translation aims to honor the Warani culture and make the Christian message accessible in their native language. Nicole Alcindor, a reporter for the Christian Post, covers this story detailing the collaborative efforts of ministries like ITEC and Crew Ecuador to bring the gospel to the Warani people. You can read more about this article and all of the news you heard today by clicking the links in the podcast show notes. Thank you for listening to the Christian Post Daily Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast in your podcast player of choice. Apple Podcasts on iPhone, Spotify on iPhone or Android, or Google Podcasts in your Android device. Don't forget you can download the Edify app by searching for Edify, E-D-I-F-I, in the iPhone or Android app stores. There you can access our entire network of faith-based and uplifting podcasts. You can also subscribe to the Christian Post Daily Newsletter and get the top headlines every day, delivered right to your inbox. You can click the links to download the Edify app or subscribe to the newsletter in the podcast episode description. We would also appreciate a five-star rating and review in the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Thank you for listening. This has been the Christian Post Daily Podcast.